Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. Maybe you're on the internet, maybe you're international. I don't know where you are, but I know Ooh. that you're listening to us right now. And you are joined by Lawson and... It's Mon. Good morning, everyone. Monica, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back in the studio. Welcome back to the show. You know, Lyle's off dilly-dallying doing whatever <laughs> Lyle does on a Friday. I, actually, I think he's in Coffs Harbour, like, you know, he's going Working up to- Hard. Like working yeah. hard, trying to lead people to Christ. So Either like, that or he's hey. got COVID again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, or, or he's experiencing some kind of... He's been tweeting like the last couple of weeks, like, Am I, do I still have brain fog? Like every mistake he makes, he's like, oh, maybe I've still got brain fog. Oh, maybe I'm like, I've still got COVID or something like this that. This is where you tell him he's just gotten old. Sorry. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> We love you, Lyle. Happy 50th. <laughs> oh, that's that's funny, bro. What are you grateful for this morning, Monica? Oh, my goodness. I'm so grateful that the fire brigade did not turn up this morning because I set off the fire alarm at RTM Church this morning. <laughs> yeah. And it was that's why I'm late this morning. How'd you do, how'd you do that? It's just me frying tofu at 5 a.m. Classic. Classic. <laughs> what are you grateful for? Um, well, I'm grateful that uh, I didn't set off any fire alarms yeah. in my in my vicinity. Um, I am grateful. I was I was giving Spanish lessons last night. You were giving a Spanish lesson. Yep. I was giving a Spanish lesson porque? at uh, uh porque uh because I want to. Okay. Yeah, uh, basically I was giving Spanish lessons at a Japanese club. Wow. Yep. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And today it's a good day. And right now we are going to be getting into our first clue for the quiz. Guys, this is our final set. We are drawing the pl- the prize today. I'm so excited. I've never seen this board game before. Bibleopoly board game? Yeah. Sounds so cool. So the Bibleopoly board game, it is a board game that um, does two things. It helps you to work together to build churches and it also skirts around copyright really well. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we are giving it away completely for free, provided you answer the quiz correctly and then you say, may I enter the quiz? So, Monica, give us the first clue for the quiz. Who am I? I said, stay at Jericho until your beards have grown and then come back. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So this person was very, uh, very into facial care, f- facial hair care. This is such a funny thing to say to someone. Stay in Jericho until your beards have grown. Does that mean like people come in dribs and drabs? Cause men have different growth rates. Like some people be like, all right, I'll be there tomorrow then. Cause I'll wake up in the morning with a beard. No, 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 no. no, no <laughs> and some no. people are like, I'm never coming cause I can't grow a beard. No, the specific story is that they had their beards cut off. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm saying like, because they grow at different rates. Yeah. Oh. See okay. what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I think they all just just. Oh, so you're saying some might come back earlier, some might come right. back later. Right. Some, some might be like experiencing like onset hair loss, <laughs> even in facial hair, and they're like, can't they just can never so come never back. back. They just stay That's in Jericho for the rest of their life. Is this such an odd way to like set a time limit? Well, <laughs> if you know who said this, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call. Just text us in, uh, call or text us, and say, "May I enter the quiz?" If you know who said that and your name will go in the draw and we will be drawing it later in the show. But right now we are going to get into some news. So I have a few different uh, news stories here. I want to start with this one. Okay. So I am a Christian. Amen. And I love being a Christian. 
I, uh, I I love that you're a Christian. I love that you love being a Christian. Yeah, I love that you're a Christian too, and Shell's a Christian, and we love God, and we get on here and we do Bible studies and we share about how God has worked in our lives, how God is working in the Bible, uh, and how God can work in your life. We are living the Christian life, uh, but at the that's right. I had That's such right. a heart attack because I just I opened like, my laptop and I thought that I'd forgotten to mute it and it was coming from me. And I was like, oh no, I'm ruining the show. I was like a bit, I was a bit lost at first, but then I realized that that is the, uh, the looking up, you know, th- one of the themes for our show. Uh, no, not looking up, speak life. But anyways, um, yeah, but then Christians do dumb things and I'm like, really like, it's actually upsetting because I'm like, come on guys, like really. Are you surprised at this d- little yeah, Like, no, like, like, no. In fact, I was doing a Bible study yesterday with someone about Christian history um, and looking about how, you know, the church has operated throughout the ages. And you you look at, you know, the ages, the dark ages and stuff, Mm -hmm. and it's sad. Um, But, okay, so Christian, some, you know, group of Christians um, were outside of Disney World uh, blaring worship music and protesting over Disney's response to the Don't Say Gay Bill. So if you don't know what that is, um, in Florida they have passed a bill where they are restricting the ability for teachers to teach radical gender ideology in schools. This is a good thing. This is a topic we've been covering so much already, um, and we're like, you know, we're we're into it here on the breakfast show. We're like, yes, we we very much have the opinion um, that children in primary school, you know, there is an age that you come to it. So I remember when I was like in year six, year seven, you know, because you're like hitting puberty, it's like, okay, let's have the sex talking. But up until that point, it's then your parents' responsibilities. Mm. Um, like it, the school's official responsibility starts around that puberty age. And before that point, um, it's your parents' responsibility to give you idea, you know, uh, uh, like tell you about, you know, at different stages, the birds and the bees, yeah. uh, to keep you safe, ultimately. Mm-hmm. That's your parents' job. Mm-hmm. Now, we covered a story a couple of days ago. Lyle was saying that basically a school had run a covert, um, like, radical LGBT, like, uh seminar that was like told to the parents as like an art festival but then they invited all these guest speakers in to talk about this stuff and they said oh lie to your parents about what you've learned today don't tell them it's not safe like basically child abuse and it's and so like florida has created a bill against schools being able to do this they have criminalized this they're like no you are not allowed to tell students like in primary school who are five and six years old about sex yeah you know that is grooming yeah that is grooming 100 percent sweet awesome now um disney uh has come out against the bill um and they have said no this is like and and unsurprisingly joe biden as well have have they've come out and they're like no this bill is harmful to young students like it's harmful to the lgbt community and i'm like no like you know what else is harmful like grooming children yeah absolutely and that's what and that's what these 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 people are trying to achieve and they're literally they know they are so self-aware that they tell their parents not to they tell the students that they're grooming not to tell their parents which is like shouldn't that be a red flag right there for them that's right and christians doing this like if a christian did this like we were we were reflecting like the difference between you know like christian chaplaincy how we try to involve the parents um because we want to reach the parents as well uh but ultimately so Christians have been outside of Disney World blaring music and they've been, um, you know, uh, protesting against Disney. And this is where I think Christians are making a misstep because they're outside saying all this stuff and they're like, don't mess with our kids. You know, don't make these, you know, woke and affirming shows. Don't mess with our kids. And I'm, I am just baffled because I'm just like, bro, stop watching Disney. <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> stop, stop. Like, if... Use your consumer... Yeah, that's right. To make that, the choice. That's yeah. right. Like, you have a choice as a as a parent. Like, I guess in in an overarching sense, it's like if Disney wants to support this, and there was bigger out at like of an out uh, backlash from the community at whole. Uh, at large, then, yeah, fair enough, because this bill is terrible. Uh, no, not, sorry. The bill is good. The idea of radicalizing children with, with gender ideology is terrible. And if Disney is supporting that, that's bad. But specifically, the way that this, this story is coming from a Christian outlet, it's talking, it's, you know, interviewed the different people who are there participating, and they're claiming, yes, we are conservative Christians against Disney doing this because we don't want them to mess with our children. And it's like... Just stop watching Disney. Just stop, please. Just stop. Like, like, I, and I get the dilemma that you're in. It's been the like a, a massive provider of entertainment for years and years and years up until this day. And there's the different facets of Disney, and uh, you know whether it's like Fox or Marvel or whatever. Like, I understand that it, it very much engrosses itself in the majority of the content we consume today. But just stop. Just stop watching it. Like, make your kids play Legos. Like, spend time with them. Right. Read them books. We were promoting on the show a couple of days ago um, different story books that people grew up with. You know the Uncle Arthur stories oh, and yes. the Jungle Doctor stories, mm-hmm. like all these different things. Do that with your children. Lead them to Christ. Like all you're doing by letting them be exposed to this kind of media anyway is like leading them away. So yeah, just, you should uh, play the quiz and get the Bibleopoly board game right. and then get your kids to play Bibleopoly. Right. Spend time with your kids. Hey, if you guys have any opinions on this, 0491-064-669. We'd love to hear what you're saying. And hey, I wanted to uh, just quickly, I have a couple minutes, I wanted to talk about probably one of my hobby horses at the moment, um, and that is just my deep, uh, what, what's the word? Maybe my, my deep sadness for the state of North Korea. Oh, yeah. And I've talked about this before, but I think it needs to be brought up again because these these people need prayer. Please, mm. please. Like right now, um, like I've, I've covered on the show already before how North Korea are in a massive humanitarian crisis as it is with food scarcity being that their GDP is like we have a GDP in Australia of $1.2 trillion. And in North Korea, they have a GDP of like $40 billion and we have the same population. Like, we're talking about a country that is, I think it's 135th on, like, uh, size of economy. And it's, like, next to countries like Laos, who have, like, 7 million people. So, basically, like, they're already in a terrible position, but they've had a massive COVID outbreak there. They, um, you know, say what you will about, like, vaccinations or whatever, but they don't even have ventilators. They don't have any equipment to be able to deal with COVID-19. And, yeah, it's just, like, going around, and it's in a country that is already struggling with food scarcity and whatnot, and, you know, the impression of Christians uh, with, like, we had Etienne McClintock on the show this week talking about the tens of thousands of Christians uh, who are in concentration camps and prison in North Korea for trying to share their faith. Um, and we've had a number of stories come out from North Korea about Christians in that area who have been able to escape. It, it is horrifying, and these people need help. Uh, please pray. Please go to voiceofthemartyrs.com as well. They are providing amazing care uh, to these people. Voice of the Martyrs, I believe, I believe it's a, yeah, it's a dot .com. Yeah, voiceofthemartyrs.com, vom.com, or call us at 0491-064-669, and we can get you in touch with those guys. But please, these people need prayer. And it's 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 very saddening. Uh, and I believe that this is an area where the gospel is, is greatly needed as well. And as we step closer and closer uh, towards the end, I believe they will be reached. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. 
kidding. <laughs> Don't give me that look. We are listening to my annoying co-host, Monica. <laughs> right now, it is this time for the second clue for the quiz. Okay, who am I? In fear for my life, I faked insanity standing before Akish, king of Gath. <laughs> That's so awesome. I love this story, dude. <laughs> I love it. Okay, what number can they call to zero four nine one zero six four six six nine? if you can know the answer, and you could potentially win the Bibleopoly board game. That's right. You will go in the draw, which we will be drawing around 8.45, so mm. please stay tuned. Bibleopoly, better than then. Disney. That's <laughs> better than, well, wait, does, does Disney own Monopoly? I don't know. Well, oh, I guess it's, yeah, uh, it's better than Disney. Potentially. Right. 0491064669. Who faked insanity in front of the king? I do wonder if people playing Bibleopoly end up the same way that people who play Monopoly when they no, just you throw worked, the board. And- you work together. <laughs> oh, you work together? You work together against oh, the game. Okay. I've, yeah, that's I've right. only ever played Monopoly once. Uh-huh. And it was actually three years ago, and it was so horrifying that I literally went to the toilet, locked myself in there, got my phone out, and Googled how to lose at Monopoly to end the game as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful. And then I came out and then I put my little hints together and like in three rounds of the game was done and I was like, praise the Lord, and I got to leave. <laughs> That's how much I hated my That's life. awesome. Well, what's happening in good news, Monica? Let me share with you some good news. This is some great stuff happening around the world. It's always so positive when you get to come in here and share good news happening. So I think Lyle would love this one. Uh, there's been a portable wind turbine invented. I've seen this. This it is awesome. It fits in your backpack and it can charge all your electronics. And it's mm-hmm. only uh, three pounds, which is just under one and a half kilos. Mm. So you've seen, have you seen those huge big wind turbines? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, and like you don't even realise how big they are until you see pictures of them transporting sections of them. Have mm. you seen like when they have like, just one of the blades That's and it's right. on like a massive semi-trailer and it gets stuck right. like, around corners? It's like an oversized semi-trailer where they have to like yeah. have cars front and back protecting it. Yeah. Yeah, and because it, it's crazy like when you, for example, like driving down to Canberra from Newcastle, and you go through that that plain where that oh, the old lake is. I forget what it's called, but there used to be water there, but there's not water there anymore. And then around it, there's all the like hundreds of wind turbines, and they're just huge, you know. Yeah. But they look so far away that they they're so far away they look small. Yeah, but, but they're actually they're enormous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I um I recently saw a um a drone, like a satellite picture of a, a semi trailer transporting one single blade, uh-huh. and it was they had to like stop traffic coming the other direction because they needed to take up both lanes to go around this slight little bend. That's how mm. long the semi was. It was just enormous. But this one, it literally can fit in your backpack. It's so cool. So it's called Shine, and it was launched via Kickstarter, of course, Classic. and uh, already raised over three hundred thousand um, dollars in the latest round of crowdfunding. I love crowdfunding. Crowdfunding just gets stuff done. Mm. Um, and this is like to use it, you you simply deploy a tripod, you stick it into the ground with tensioning cables, and then you mount the turbine on top. You plug in your devices into the underbelly where it can receive up to forty watts. Mm. And because the turbine spins into the wind, it doesn't matter from which direction the breeze is coming, power would always be produced. Mm. How cool is that? That's amazing. So this is coming out of Nova Scotia. Nova Okay, Canada. Yep. Yeah, um, they have designed this, even the materials, to get the, the device down to weigh as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a very serious backpacker, uh, you might want to look into this. This is. I think it's like one and a half kilos, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. That's amazing. You know, it's actually so funny. I was talking to one of my friends yesterday and he is, I believe he's a, he's some kind of engineering major, some kind of science, science engineering major. And he was saying that he as like for, I I knew that this existed mm-hmm. and he was like, oh yeah, for my class, I'm, I'm building a wind turbine. Oh, know, how cool. Uh, you know, we're just, and it's making like electricity and they, they go to the wind tunnel and they get wind and everyone has a wind turbine and mm-hmm. you see who's the best and whoever's got the best one gets the best grade. Yeah, wow. And, you know, kind of works down. And, a wind tunnel. Which, so cool. which is so awesome. Um, but I was like, this invention came out of a college class. Like 100%. Yeah, wow. Someone in university class is like, come up with this thing. And they're yeah. like, I could, I could make this small and light and profitable. Yeah. And, and now they're turbine. Do- <laughs> and they're doing it. That's yeah. amazing. It is really cool. I actually, um, a few years ago, I wanted to get into something called ultra lightweight through hiking. Which uh-huh. is a very specific type of um, hiking where, like, you the through bit means that you go from A to B, not A back around to A. Mm. And uh, so you go long distances. And then the, the the lightweight part is obviously, like, in your backpack, you make everything as light as possible. So mm. I have a shoulder injury, so I needed to make it as light as possible. And, um, and looking at powering stuff was always, like, such a rigmarole. There's, like, several different options on the market for, like, backpackers and hikers. One of the most popular ones at the moment that you'll find in, like, almost every sort of camping adventure outbacky kind of store is um this one where you – it's almost like a little – like a little billy, but you, you stick stuff in it and you burn it. And then it so sort of generates heat so you can cook your food, but at the same time you can also plug in your devices and charge it off the power it's generating. Oh wow. Yeah, but this one seems to be like the the one that requires the least. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're obviously moving away from non rechargeable batteries into rechargeable batteries using fire. But this one you don't have to you don't have to like collect up any kindling, you don't have to collect up any wood or bark That's to right. burn, you just like stick it up. Especially if you're in like a national park or something where it's like, yeah. like in, in areas where they've like got fire bands or whatever. Like yeah, you can, exactly. You can just chuck your turbine down. And- yeah, and you can leave it all night. You don't have to watch it or nothing. You can just like, yeah, this is great. Off you go, collect some wind. Mm. Yeah. And maybe you can just like put it up on a rock and then you can climb back down into your campsite or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm I'm really impressed with this. And 1.5 kilos, that's not that much. That's less than my laptop and I have the smallest Mac available. Mm. And yeah. if you're really struggling to get wind, you could just use Use your arm to spin the wind turbine for a little bit and put some electricity. Or you just blow into it. Oh, yeah, just... And then, and then it'll and spin. And then pass out. Then- <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, one more. Oh, do I time for shrimp? No, okay, one more. This one is so cute. So there's a lady um, in Scone. Do you know where Scone is? Yes. Yes, not too, it's not too far from here. Um, she has been watching the news, seeing the tragedies happening in the Ukraine, mm. and um, and she wanted to help but doesn't really have any means to do so. Mm. She's a crafter, and like many crafters, she has uh, a bit of a collection of materials that she uses. So she's into sewing, so she had a whole bunch of fabric, fabric stash, people who are into sewing know exactly what I'm talking about right now. And uh, she decided, you know what? I can't really like donate any money. I don't have any money. Can't really go over there and help. I'm not a humanitarian aid person, but I can make something. So she decided to make a quilt out of sunflower patches and she decided to make it as big as she can possibly make it and then just send it over there. And it's just absolutely gained traction. And now hundreds of people, hundreds of women from around the world have gotten behind this and they're now trying to make the largest sunflower quilt ever made in history. Patches are coming, being sent to this lady in Scone from all over the planet, and she's piecing them all together bit by bit, and um, they're going to try and get it over there via London, 
They have uh, they have a contact in London who has family in the Ukraine, and they're going to send it to London in separate suitcases. But they they get the patches and they put them together to create like a bigger patch. And when that fills a suitcase, then that's like one suitcase down. So they're going to have several suitcases. When it gets to London, they're going to patch it all together, and then they're going to drive it to the Ukraine, and then they're planning to put it over the top of a bomb site to cover up the bomb site. And I, at first I thought, well, that's stupid. Like, they're mm. still going to have to clean up the bomb site. Like, what's that going to do for anybody? But then mm. really, if you think about it, like, if you were, like, a child or someone who was in the Ukraine and your town was just yeah. a wreck, just a mess, and just all the grey, the brown, the black colour palette you're probably looking at at that point, to come around the corner and see a giant sunflower quilt as, like, a message of hope from all around the planet, just knowing that people's thoughts are with you, that their prayers are with you, that they're thinking about you, that they're trying to help in any way that they can. Mm. Oh, man, brings a little tear to my eye. So beautiful. I think, like, the beautiful thing is that this, this woman from Scone is using yeah. the only capacity that she has to help exactly. to help. Like, you could do nothing mm-hmm. or you could do something. something. that Like, oh, you could do something that's very unhelpful, uh, but... She is trying to do whatever she can to help, and in yeah. the small ways that it is, it is helping. And art really is powerful because this comes under the category of art because you don't need to speak a language, a particular language, to be moved by it. Mm. Um, so, and and sunflowers, you know, they're traditionally known as like the, the happiest flower, just a, a bright yellow, like sunny, happy looking flower. That's you know, when people see sunflowers, they get a happy feeling. So that's um. I've got some pictures of it here if you want to see it. Look at these two ladies are sitting on it. It's absolutely enormous already. That, for me, is already the, the biggest quilt I've ever seen. Mm. Um, you can just imagine the the counter sort of juxtaposition that would look wow. in, a, in, a, in a bomb bombed-out town, just this beautiful, sun, sunny, gorgeous quilt, bringing happiness everywhere. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Who am I? Jesus is the only man whose name is found in the scripture more often than mine. Wow. Okay. So this guy is famous. Mm. 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. And if you do, you will, well, you have to say, may I enter the quiz? And if you say, may I enter the quiz, you'll go into the entry to win our prize for this week, Bibliopoly, the board game, which will be drawn at around 8.45 this morning. But right now, hey, we're going to get into our uh, interview for today, which is with Dr. John Ashton. Dr. John Ashton, are you there with us? Uh, yes, good morning, Austin. Good morning. All right, we today are going to be talking about a whole host of subjects, but particularly revolving around the idea of the Ice Age and climate change. So, yeah, give us some information. Yeah, sure. So, at, at the present time, of course, we uh, hear a lot about uh, global warming, and um, and this is certainly the, the case. We can uh, measure this. We have had... Um, uh, small rises in um, in temperature, and of course the um, people are concerned about the rise in um, in sea levels, particularly in the um, you know the island countries and and this sort of thing. One of the interesting things is, of course, that there were quite severe predictions made, um, you know, twenty or thirty years ago, mm. and rises haven't been anywhere near as as high as this. But what um, the other side of the, the coin is that, um, of course, one of the criticisms of uh, the biblical time frame for ages has been um, the so-called ice core data. 
And one of the fascinating things that are uh, associated with the um, uh, with the global warming and this sort of thing is also the concept of global cooling. And um, I noticed just on the weather local weather forecast last night, it uh, talked about how this uh, cold air was coming up over the uh, moving up from the the south towards this area here, but it was moving over warm water and that this warm water was then going to produce, uh, uh, you know, a lot of rain um, and so forth as cold air moved over the hot, uh, warm water that uh, produced all the cloud cover in a cold day. So yesterday we went from a very, uh, well, not a real warm day, but a nice sunny day to, to this morning we wake up uh, here anyway to, to rain and cloud and, and this sort of thing. And so... One of the fascinating things is that secular scientists talk about in the past there was an ice age and they talk about how, for example, if we go down through the ice uh, uh, the ice sheets in Antarctica and, and uh, in the Arctic, we, we go through you know perhaps 100,000 years and therefore they say, well, this totally discredits biblical dating. Well, it was very interesting. I saw some data just recently where... When we look at these ice cores, we find a lot of uh, volcanic ash and so forth up into the top sections of the ice core, you know, the past, uh, what would represent the past couple of thousand years. Mm. But then as we get deeper down into these ice cores, the amount of volcanic ash just totally, you know, um, declines and that mm-hmm. uh, there's much lower levels of volcanic ash. In other words, um, the, it suggests since we know the volcanic activity, you know, there's been lots of volcanic events and small is continuous, this suggests that there was a very rapid amount of ice that was produced in a very short period. Mm. And we know that this can happen as well. For example, in um, uh, Mount um, Tatarama, I think it is in Japan, in the Japanese Alps, you know, they get something like um, 120 feet of uh, uh, snow can fall um, in a year. As a matter of fact, they can wow. have a drift 60 metres, uh, sorry, 20 metres, 60 feet of snow, you know, the height of a, of a five-storey uh, building. Mm. And so when we look at this data, um, it shows that uh, massive snowfalls can occur in very, very short periods of time. And the other fascinating thing about the ice ages, and of course secular you know, scientists all talk about, well, there were ice ages in the past. The fascinating thing is that there's no reasonable secular edu- um, explanation for how the ice ages can occur. Mm. But when we look at the flood account, of the global flood, the Bible describes how the fountains of the deep opened yes. up. There was rain, but there was also the fountains of the deep, and this is emphasised. And um, so we believe from the biblical solution, uh, from the biblical account, that a massive amount of heated underground water would have been released into the atmosphere. This, and of course, there would have been volcanic activity as well. Again. When we look around, there was massive volcanic activity. Uh, we see the evidence of lava flows up through the um, all the sedimentary layers that were being laid down through the flood. 
Uh, we see uh, where some of those layers have been bent, uh, you know, catastrophically and, and so forth. So it was a, a major cataclysmic event, the, the flood. And that would have produced a lot of this very warm water together with the um, a volcanic activity which would have blotted out a lot of the sunlight that we know from the volcanic particles when, when this happened, which would produce a, a massive cooling cycle event as well after mm. the flood. And so the flood account provides for quite an amazing um, and scientifically, you know, fits very well scientifically with what we observe as causing the, the ice age as a very, very short period of time. And this would have occurred, you know, after the, uh, sometime after the, the flood itself as things, you know, settled down. And um, so we actually have, um, from this scenario that we can see from our studies of weather today, that um, ice ages would have occurred after the, the flood. And the, the peak ice age, when we look at the, the cycle um, and uh, creation uh, metrologists, uh, or metrologists that believe in creation and have looked at this, um, have uh, sensed that the, the maximum ice age probably occurred about 500 years after the flood. So mm. we've got these big, big cycles that occur and they've been gradually declining. And we know since that time we've had ice ages. For example, when you um, look at um, around the time of uh, Christ and, and this sort of thing, yeah. uh, the peaks of the Roman army and this sort of thing, they're not all wrapped up. They're, um, they're wearing, you know, not a real lot of, of clothes. We know from the evidence that there appeared to be quite um, a warm time, very warm time. Yeah. Uh, around the time of the Roman period, whereas there were other times down through, um, through history, for example, around the uh, AD 1000 um, and just after, where there were massive cooling events. I remember reading an account, and unfortunately I just can't think of the, um, the general's name at the moment, but he was from the Middle East uh, there, um, and he was uh, marching towards China, invading. He'd gone through India, uh, marching towards China and conquering everything in his path. And uh, as he approached China, his army was snapped frozen oh. overnight and saved China. Uh, we know other times during the, um, the, the Middle Ages there, there were massive famines due to um, very, very cold cycles. And so these temperature cycles have been uh, going for quite some time. Now, that's not to say that we haven't cleared uh, in the past 100 years or so massive amount of forest. Um, and these, um, and, and certainly we've burnt uh, fossil fuels. Mm. But the other thing that we need to remember is that our food essentially comes from carbon dioxide. People... Uh, one thing that concerns me is that young people are being taught that, you know, carbon dioxide is bad and, and so forth. But all our food comes from carbon dioxide. The carbon dioxide is taken in by the plant yes, and yes. converted into food. Mm. And a very interesting documentary was uh, produced just recently uh, called, I think it's called Kiss the Earth. And it actually shows from the 
satellite data that we have where we measure the current carbon dioxide levels in the air, that when the crops are planted in the northern hemisphere um, and all the green corn starts growing, the leaves start, uh, the trees start producing their leaves, then the carbon dioxide level drops, you know, quite down, um, you know, drops measurably at that time. And so we had these, we had these, um, these cycles. But I think one of the fascinating things is that the, these whole global warming, global cooling cycles give us really quite direct evidence that supports the global flood occurring mm. as the Bible mm. described in the past. And this is so exciting, really, I think. Yeah. So the application for us today, then, uh, considering that like uh, a healthy amount of carbon dioxide is needed for plants to grow. You know, I know that there's a lot of initiatives to move away from burning forests down and burning fossil fuels and going to EVs and these kinds of things. Um, yeah, would you say that, that those steps are necessary and needed or, like, what, what should be our outlook towards the production of carbon dioxide? Well, you know, the Bible talks quite clearly at the end of uh, Revelation chapter 11 that God will destroy those that destroy the earth. Uh-huh. And I think one of the things that are happening is there's been a massive amount of indiscriminate clearing of forests. Yes. Um, and this really, um, and a lot of it is by criminal activity as well. Mm. And I think one of the things that we can do is we can certainly encourage the, the planting of, of trees and the stopping of deforestation um, the other thing that can uh, that we need to be concerned about too is pollution of our our oceans. Yes, uh, chemical pollution of our, our oceans and so forth. Acidification of this. There are a lot of feedback circle or cycles in our ocean that that regulate um, uh, carbon dioxide. But I think as Christians, we certainly need to be stewards of our environment and try and uh, preserve our environment as much as uh, possible. And the other thing is we need to avoid, uh, you know, extreme uh, exploitation um, of our environment, but also of fellow human beings. Um, You know, there are other very important issues like human trafficking um, (laughs) going on today that we need to speak out about. Uh, there is persecution of Christians occurring around the world for mm-hmm. their faith uh, that we hear, you know, so little about um, on the news and perhaps in our education system as well. So the whole whole idea of the of, of I think of our Christian faith is is stewardship. Mm-hmm. Um, our primary primary stewardship, of course, is is to our fellow humans. And um, and you know this is this is very very important. And then of course is is to the environment. And it's interesting that God put Adam and Eve in the garden to keep it as stewards of our environment. And so you know it's 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 a bit it's a holistic picture, isn't it? Mm. Um, aspects that is causing a lot of degradation of the environment is our throwaway uh, society of a, of con- consumerism. Mm. Um, how we have developed an economic system that is based on people needing to consume and throw away stuff. Um, and so there are a number of aspects as well that um, 
of the picture that as Christians we need to be thinking about and perhaps not be totally distracted by uh, the global warming scenario. I, I don't believe that the global warming scenario is as, as dangerous and as imminent that often it is pointed out, you know, that the, the Earth's going to burn and, and so forth, mm. uh, because there are a lot of feedback systems that God has built in uh, to this uh, system uh, to, to regulate this. Uh, but at the same time, as, as Christians, we need to be uh, seeking out and uh, against the injustices that are in the world. Um, and um, and the, in my view, there are a lot of other issues that are far more important than the global warming issue. And as I said, you know, some of these involve things like human trafficking today, uh, persecution of, of Christians today, um, our total, you know, throwaway and wasteful uh, society. Um, these are things that as Christians we can be uh, speaking out again and, and encouraging people to be involved in in in, in you know, preserving our environment. Mm. John, thank you so much. We have actually come to the end of our time for the interview, but very insightful there of what we should be stepping up and doing as Christians. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.